Abundant blessings. This is Wynell Freeman, and welcome to my podcast. It's morning all day long. It's never too late for a fresh start. It's morning all day long. Everyone who has or ever will live will experience dark moments in life. You know those times when it seems that everything goes wrong all at once. That simultaneous cluster of events that seem to leave us stripped of mental, physical, and emotional strength. My friends, what's important to remember here is that it's what we do in those moments that determine our future. 1 Samuel 29 through 2 Samuel 2 shares with us the scenario of David and his men who experience a devastating loss at a place called Ziglag. While running from Saul, David connects with Achish and ends up starting out to go to war with him against Saul and Israel. But David is rejected by the Philistine commanders as they head to war to fight against Saul and Israel. They were afraid that he might turn against them and join forces with Israel as they knew he was a formidable enemy. So the generals of the Philistine army said, "Mm -mm. send the man back that he may return to the place you assigned him. They're talking to Achish about David. He must not go with us into battle or he will turn against us during the fighting. How better could he regain his master's favor than by taking the heads of our own men? Isn't this the David that they sang about in their dance? Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? Mm -mm. If he turns on us, we're in trouble. Send him back. So now Achish has to go back and explain the situation to David which probably brought David great relief that he did not have to fight against Saul and his homeland, even though he was still a fugitive. So in the morning, the Philistine army made their advance toward the battle while David and his men started a 50-mile journey back to Ziklag. Can you imagine how exhausted they must have been from that journey? But I'm sure, even though they were tired, On the way, they were considering the joys of being greeted by their awaiting loved ones who would surely celebrate with them that they did not have to go to the battlefield. I'm sure they were looking forward to a nice, long, hot bath, a home-cooked meal, doting wives, grateful children. But all of a sudden, their vision became a nightmare. 
Instead of a crowd of family and friends gathering to celebrate their return, when they arrived home, they found smoke and ashes. The Amalekites, that long-standing enemy, had raided their camp. And the Bible says in chapter 30, verses 1 through 2 of 1 Samuel, now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. David and his men are dead devastated. It's a dark moment. They are overwhelmed by grief. Verse number four, chapter 30 says, so David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. You see, in our culture, it's considered a sign of weakness for men to weep in public. But in the Middle East, men mourn just as openly as women David's men had lost everything that was dear to them, and they wept, and they wept, and they wept, and they wept. Then, to add insult to injury for David, his men take the common human route when things go awry. You know what we do. We play the blame game. Can you imagine how they probably attacked David's leadership skills? These same men that he had led from victory to victory more than likely blamed him for their being away from home in the first place. They probably blamed him for not leaving a group of men at the camp to protect the women and children. And oh, the list could go on and on. Just another hit for David. His town is burned down. His wives and children are gone. And now the hurt of being turned on by the men he led. David in that dark moment had to make a decision. And the result of it becomes a pattern worthy of following for us when life takes unexpected turns that include loss, grief, betrayal, and rejection. With 600 voices blaring around him, because David's army was about 600 men at the time, David found a moment of sobriety in the midst of his tears, his grief, his, and his disappointment. In that moment, he settled on a plan of action. David chose to encourage himself in the Lord his God. Beloved, there are times in all of our lives that demand that we have to come to a personal conclusion as to how we will handle overwhelming shock, heartbreak, and setbacks that look unsurmountable. Again, the Bible said, and David, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Self-encouragement, positive internal dialogue, that will ultimately reduce our stress and harness our wandering thoughts. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How? He had to rehearse former victories. He had to have an intentional remembrance moment. 
he had to remind himself and his trouble about his God. I believe that David had many times such as this, and that's how he was able to pen Psalms like Psalm 18, verse 6. In my distress, I called on the Lord. I cried to my God for help. Or Psalms like 27, 1 through 2. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength, the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. One version said, when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they lose their footing, they stumble, and they fall. Or when he wrote Psalm 34, verses 1 through 6, I will extol or I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Oh, magnify or glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why, David? I sought the Lord and he heard me. He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him, those who look to my God, David said, are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man cried. David had to be in a dark moment. This poor man cried and the Lord heard me and delivered me. He saved me out of all my troubles. Or maybe David was having another circumstance like this in Psalm 56, 1 through 4. When he said, be merciful to me, O God, for men hotly pursue me. All the day long they press their attack. My slanderers are pursuing me all the day long. Many are attacking me in their pride. At what time I am afraid? David was honest. God, I'm scared. But at what time I am afraid? I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I won't be afraid. What can mortal men do to me? Maybe David was having a moment like this when he penned Psalm 62, 1 through 2. My soul will find rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him or my deliverance comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. In this weak moment, I'll never be shaken. David's response, David's responses show us that in moments when life literally seems like it has collapsed all around us, we must encourage ourselves. We must have an intentional moment of remembrance we have to think back and remind the atmosphere of the strength and the power of our God. So David's response at Ziklag to the trouble that he was in gives us a recovery plan. David and his men expressed their emotions. Honest trauma responses are critical to moving forward. They wept bitterly. They wailed, 
Far too often we seek to camouflage our feelings. I use the term camouflage because it means the disguising of military personnel, machinery, or equipment by painting or covering a thing to make it blend in with its surroundings. How often do we or have we painted ourselves to fit into whatever the environment required to make us look like it, to become similar? I believe we do this because we've lost touch with the reality that there are some natural, healthy responses to loss. Anger, disappointment, despair, tears to name a few. These are natural, beneficial responses that promote good health and we're allowed to experience and express them. We must also realize that traumatic experiences happen to us all. It's not just you. It's not just you. It's not just you. David had to make a critical decision that would affect all those he led. The weight of their history and their legacy depended on David's response. He had to operate first in emotional honesty. This confrontation with his internal feelings of hopelessness was a pathway to a successful outcome. David's choice to relieve himself of the overwhelming feelings of dread tied to the moment was wise indeed, but his next move was most wise. Notice here, David did not stand to give a speech of hope to his men. He stepped away and encouraged himself. Listen, there are times in the midst of major trouble that we have to take a personal moment away from the circumstances and the people that are tied to it. It's for our emotional health and stability. How many times have we found ourselves running to encourage others when we ourselves are in internal turmoil? Please, don't see that as leadership, abandonment, or neglect. Don't see it as that. David's response was the response of a man who understood, I cannot help them if I neglect doing what I need to do for me. So David dared to take that moment. He dared, he may as well have taken it. He was being criticized anyway. So he took that moment and encouraged himself in a moment when everything he felt that he needed had been depleted. David found strength. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He found strength in the Lord his God. Void of that strength, he would have not been able to lead the people to another victory. Just me moments are critical when it seems that life has been turned upside down. After the emotional blow and probably still in tears, the Bible doesn't tell us that he stopped crying. He was probably still in tears, but he retreated to what he knew. He intentionally created a space for God in the midst of the devastation. He knew that this time spent with the Lord would renew his strength and his faith. The next thing David does to show us is before you take action, 
in the midst of a traumatic situation, inquire of the Lord. This place that David and his men were in demanded a clear, level head that understood that an irrational, emotionally charged move was not the answer. So David inquired of the Lord. Listen what he asked him. Verse Samuel 30, verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord. If I can interject there, probably still crying. Probably still hurt. Probably still feeling rejected. He inquired of the Lord and he said, I need an answer. Shall I pursue this raiding party? I know they've taken my wife, my kids, all of the stuff that we brought with us in our journey, all the things that we've accumulated while we were here. I'm a warrior. I know what I'd like to do, but I need you to tell me what to do. Shall I pursue? Shall I pursue? Will I overtake them? And the word of the Lord came back to David and said, pursue. You will surely without fail recover all. You will certainly overtake them and you will succeed in the rescue of what is yours. The New Living Translation says, then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said, yeah, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. David shows us that in times when all you see is what's left, you need the perspective of the one who knows what's next. I'm going to say that to you again. David shows us that in times when all you see is what's left, you need the perspective of the one who knows what's next. You need a divine perspective. You need to know what heaven is saying about the matter. God wants to share with you his thoughts on the matter. All you have to do is ask him. He didn't ask you to stop crying first. He didn't ask you to man up first. He didn't ask you to, to take off your sackcloth first. Just ask. Just ask. Now, unlike David, who had to call for the ephod to make the connect, all you have to do is call. You've got 24-hour access. No formalities necessary. You can boldly come to the throne and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. I am so sure that this assurance of victory from God kicked anguish and distress off the throne of David's mind and replaced it with absolute confidence. I'm sure that as soon as David heard this word, his response was, all right, it's on. It's on, it's on, it's on. As you continue to read the story, only 400 of David's original 600 warriors went with him. The other 200 stayed by the stuff. David in the text shows no signs of discouragement regarding the size of his battalion. He's not trying to get the other 200. He just, okay, I understand. Sometimes you have to understand that those who start out with us and experience traumas alongside of us in the same time frame and time zone as us 
all of them are not able to recover as quickly. David had compassion on the 200 and he said to them, it's okay, you stay here by the stuff. And again, he wasn't moved by the size of his battalion because he had a word from the Lord. God did not say by the 600, if they all go with you, you will recover all. He said, you will surely. So that said, if I have to go by myself, I've got a promise that I will surely without fail recover all. Everybody that went with David was moving on the promise that he had, his personal promise. They walked with him and they became beneficiaries of a personal promise. You will surely without fail recover all. Through the power which started with David's personal encouragement, he and 400 of his men moved forward in pursuit of the Amalekites. David obeyed the strategy given him as he sought the Lord. He took his enemy by surprise. His warfare tactic coupled with the ferocious nature of David's men, because remember at Ziklag, all the men that were discouraged, depressed, downtrodden, and his family, they all connected. And out of that, out of that, David brought forth a mighty army. They were ferocious warriors. And their coupling with a God strategy led to a bloody victory that lasted from dusk until the evening of the next day, according to the word. The word said it was such a victory, they slaughtered the Amalekites. My, my, my. As a matter of fact, the victory was so great that history reports that the Amalekites are not mentioned as an opponent of Israel for 300 years. That battle shut the mouth of their enemy for 300 years. What a victory. David recovers A-L-L all. The wives, the children, all the plunder that was taken from Ziklag. Hmm? And the plunder was so great that he divided it with the 400 who went to war. He took care of the 200 who stayed by the stuff because they were too exhausted to fight. He also sent some of the plunder to the elders of Judah in the cities and towns that he stayed in while he was going place to place as a fugitive. What a victory. What a recovery. I believe that David and them even took what, what the Amalekites had in their camp. And all of it became the spoil of war. When David sent... Uh, to the elders, he said, here's a present for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemies. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what's the word for you today? Pursue. Get up. Encourage yourself. I know it's dark. Don't be afraid of this dark moment. Don't be afraid of this dark moment. Get up in the dark. Remember, a new day starts in the dark. It's still morning. Get up, encourage yourself. Step away from everyone else. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Sit down and wait for the response. Ask God, shall I pursue? And I'm telling you, I have your answer already. The answer is pursue. 
you will surely without fail recover all. This victory, you're not going to win sitting waiting on God. You've got to get up. You might still be crying. Get up, wipe your face. If on the way to the battle, you remember what the enemy has done. That's good fuel right there. Cry if you need to. Cry those angry tears with the enemy because you are getting ready to experience a major victory. The word of the Lord today to you is pursue. You will overtake them. That word overtake means you will suddenly and powerfully prevail. You will be more successful against them than they were with you. They kept, kept everything of the Israelites alive, the wives and the children. But for them, they were slaughtered. You will be more successful against them than they were against you. You will surely, without fail, recover all. What does that mean? You're going to return to a normal state of mind, a normal state of strength. You will regain every possession that was lost or stolen in these dark moments. You will make up for lost position and lost time. I love it. I love it. You will surely, without fail, recover all. This part of David's life shows us that freedom from long-standing enemies often begins in the face of rejection, loss, hopelessness, and despair. But your move to encourage yourself in the Lord will end with a yield that supplies the needs of many. Come on, it's time for you to recover all. We will talk again real soon. Fresh start.